So I'm sure a, a lot of you, if not most of you, um, if not all of you, um, remember that the very first Sunday of this past year, we talked about what would it look like for us individually and as a church to really seek out what it would look like to devote and engage ourselves with Jesus Christ. And so to follow suit with that, to follow up with that, for the past three weeks and now tonight, we're going to continue on with uh, a corporate night of prayer as a church. Um, I think it's been something that's been uh, really, I know it's been fruitful for me in my life and hopefully it's been fruitful for y'all um, in some regard. Um, hopefully we walk out of this four-week series, so to speak, of engaging and devoting ourselves to prayer corporately that we'll walk out of here with a, uh, a stronger desire to engage with Christ in this way, specifically prayer. Um, but we're going to jump right in. How's that sound? Hey, uh, um, we're going to look at Luke 11, 1 through 4. We have not done this yet, surprisingly, the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to take, I like, um, I like the NLT translation, so we're going to take a look at that tonight, and it's going to be kind of our guide in our first part of prayer tonight. Let me open up with prayer, though. Lord Jesus, we just ask that you, um, through your spirit, really move tonight. Lord, we are um, inadequate on our own to engage with you in prayer, so Holy Spirit, I pray that you take over tonight. Take over our hearts, our minds, and our mouth. Lord, we want to engage with you. We want to be devoted to you. So give us a heart for that. Grow it tonight as we engage with you in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take a look at Luke 11, 1 through 4. Again, I'm going to be taking a look at the NLT. We got it up here on the board. So check this out. Once when Jesus had been praying... One of his disciples came to him as he finished and said, Lord, teach us to pray. This is fascinating to me. This short phrase here, this disciple asking Jesus, teach us to pray. You look through all the gospel accounts, there's no other uh, mention where a disciple asked Jesus to teach them how to do something else. Whether it was teach me how to teach Teach me how to evangelize. Teach me how to perform miracles. The disciples witnessed some crazy things that Christ did. But this is what is mentioned in Scripture in regards to the question of asking Jesus how to teach him how to do something. It was none of those three things or anything else that we could think of. But it was this, this concept of teaching. Now, they may have asked him that, but we don't find it recorded in Scripture, which I think is for a reason. Let's go on, though. So this disciple asked, hey, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come soon. Give us our food day by day and forgive us our sins, just as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. So it's interesting, if you were to go back, again, the direct ask is not to teach us how to pray, but to teach us to pray. I think oftentimes we think that um, what the disciples actually asked was how, but it's very specific that they asked, he asked, or the disciple asked, teach us to pray, again, not how to pray. Now, behind that ask, you could easily infer that what was there was the how. But I would guess that in this arena, we do not struggle with how to pray, but to pray. Our greatest difficulty is not with mastering a specific technique or approach in prayer, though that may be good and helpful, 
but our greatest need is simply to pray and to pray more and more. So I want to start off with this tonight. For us to come before God asking that he increases our desire, our drive, and discipline for prayer. Come before asking him, reminding us to be praying without ceasing. So tonight I want to start off just by yourself coming before the Lord, asking this prayer, much like what we see in Isaiah 62. Isaiah 61 and 62 are some rich passages in Scripture, some of my favorite. I love Isaiah 62. In verses 6 and 7, it talks about after the walls of Jerusalem being rebuilt, that, the, that God's going to place these watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem. And they're going to be so relentless in their prayer, they're going to give God no rest. And so that's what I want to do tonight, is starting off just by yourself, spending two to three minutes praying for a desire a drive, and a discipline in prayer, that you would be so relentless in your prayer life that it would give God no rest. And so let's take two or three minutes just starting off doing that tonight by yourself. With all that said, um, I do think it's advantageous for us to have direction at times and how it is we are to pray. Um, so allow us to use these words that we find in Luke 11 to give us guidance and direction in these next seven to eight minutes of prayer. So here um, in a little bit, I'm going to ask that two or three of you come together and utilize these, uh, these verses found in Luke 11 to guide and direct the way that you pray. Now, this may be new for a lot of you, praying with someone or praying out loud. Uh, by no means do you have to do it, but I encourage you to do it. You, your prayers do not have to be eloquent. They can be simple, sweet, and short. 
but I encourage you to engage in that way. So just with uh, one or two other people that you're close to, get together and allow the verses found in, 11, in Luke 11 to guide and direct the way that you pray. So for example, as you come to Father, may your name be honored. Worship and adore him for who he is, claiming all that he is. Where he goes on to say, may your kingdom come. Pray for his return and for his justice to reign. Pray that this leads to a sense of urgency in our life. Going on when he says, give us food day by day, praying for his daily providence in our life. As we go on, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us, acknowledging our shortcomings, asking for repentance, and to seek out wisdom to what repentance looks like in our life. And finally, and do not let us yield. I love in the NOT house says, do not let us yield to temptation. So pray that God would give us a pause when we face great temptation. Acknowledge that we, we are tempted uh, by and ask for strength to stand up underneath it. And so take, find one or two other people, take seven to eight minutes and allow these verses to guide and, and direct the way that you pray.
10 seconds here. All right, we're going to take a look at Acts 12, 1 through 5. This will be up on the screen here. This is going to um, guide us in our, really our last, last, last section of prayer. We have kind of two more things that we're going to go through here. Pretty simple tonight. But just to set up what's happening here in Acts 12, so we know um, the church is exploding. It's going gangbusters, right? Um, even Paul has put his faith in Christ. Gentiles, Jews are being reached. The church is, is growing and spreading throughout the world. So picking up here in um, Acts 12, verses 1 through 5, it says it was about that time that King Herod, so this is Herod Agrippa, the son of King Herod, arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Essentially what that means is that this dude was beheaded. The first of the, 12, first of the disciples to be persecuted, to be martyred. And this would have rocked the church's world for sure. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, so when Herod Agrippa saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Essentially what this means is that at all times, four soldiers were watching Peter. They did not want him to escape. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Check this out, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And I love this word, earnest, earnestly. And the Greek word, uh, the Greek is ektenos. And this is significant. It's important to know what it means. It's actually a medical term describing the stretching of a muscle to its limits. To, so to its full extent, this mus muscle has been stretched. It cannot be stretched anymore. So I want us to take a similar mindset tonight and from here on out in our prayer life, and that's for us to stretch ourselves, for us to be bold, to take risks, to think, dream, and pray big. So what's something that you need to, in your prayer life, what's something that you need to challenge yourself with? To stretch yourself and to take a risk. You may be afraid to do so, for if nothing changes or God doesn't come through, it could lead to deep disappointment, hurt, or frustration. It can be hard to pray big, to stretch yourself in prayer. But that's what I want to exhort us to do tonight. And so to start off, before we get again in groups of two or three, um, I want you to just um, take some time thinking through what it is that you need to stretch yourself with in your prayer life. Even maybe coming before God asking him, where do I need to pray big? Where do I need to stretch my, my prayer life to the, its fullest extent to where it could be stretched no more? It could be a sin that appears as if it cannot be conquered. Or it could be a sin that you don't want to be conquered. It could be for a change of heart for someone that is so against God. It could be for someone to find freedom that is caught up in an extreme injustice. It could be for healing and reconcil reconciliation in a relationship that is fractured. It could be for breakthrough and freedom in your battle where friends battle with anxiety or depression. 
The list could go on and then on and on, but these are just examples to stir your thinking. So I want you to just take two minutes again by yourself, asking that God would reveal to you what it is that you need to pray big for. So let's take a couple minutes to do that. I want to ask you now, get again, just with those same people, we're going to keep it um, pretty easy tonight, the same one or two other people, and just pray for what it is that the Lord laid upon your heart. Pray for each other. Pray big and stretch yourself. So let's take another seven, eight minutes to do that.
30 seconds here. I'm in uh, eager anticipation for what we will see the Lord has done in and through this church at the end of 2020. I'm excited um, that this church is committed to be engaged and devoted to prayer. Um, I hope to see more of you all on, um, on Sunday nights at 5 o'clock up on the third floor in Asia's Hope to engage in prayer in that way. Uh, I'm excited to hear countless stories of home groups being truly devoted to prayer, and one-on-one time with other Christ followers devoted in prayer, those that are lost, those that are hurting and broken, like sheep without a shepherd, devoted in prayer. I hope that this church is marked by that of prayer in 2020. I hope because of our um, devotion and engagement in prayer that we covet things like mercy and grace justice and love, that we see the kingdom of God move forward powerfully in and through this church because we live out the greats better than anyone else, the great commission and the great commandment, that we lust after things like that because of our devotion and engagement in prayer, because we are truly connected to the vine and are compelled by the love of Jesus Christ. Amen to that. This just hit me tonight. Just a few minutes ago, what I want to close out in prayer for us, this is my bold prayer for myself and for us all. Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Jesus Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him, Jesus Christ, to him who is able to do immeasurably more, he's going to do this more than all that we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. He is able to do this immeasurably more than we can think or imagine, that being for us to understand how much he loves us. So I pray that as we engage and devote ourselves in prayer, that we would be overwhelmed at the depth of Christ's love for us, amen to that. Lord Jesus, I ask that that be true. And I boldly, um, come before you asking that you do that in every single person's heart and mind this year. That we would have a greater depth and understanding of your love for us. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did on the cross for us. Lord, I pray that we would be like Paul and that we resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Lord, I pray that our eyes would be fixed on that often. 
Lord, I pray that you teach us to pray, that you teach us how to pray, that you direct us in that. Holy Spirit, guide us and lead us. Lord, we want to be devoted to you, and we cannot do it on our own. In our flesh, we are um, just so weak. Lord, our spirit is willing, so I pray that it would guide us and lead us. Lord, and I pray that in 2020, again, we would have a great understanding of your love for us. We ask all this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Go in peace.